What's up, nation and lovers of the Not After 30 podcast? What's up, y'all? This is Anthony recording live and direct in the new Billy Shears podcast studio still in lovely Milton, Ontario. This is episode 122, Brian Smith Can Talk. Uh, Brian Smith joined me in the Billy Shears podcast studio. We got down and dirty and just had a good roll in the mud. You know how it is. You needed these this time of year. Uh, with that being said, this time of the year is a crazy time in my professional gig. And so I'm going to keep trying my best to roll in the podcast out uh, weekly. I'm going to aim for Monday or Wednesday, uh, ideally Monday. If that doesn't work out, I'm so sorry, but ah, shit happens. Uh, this is a passion project, and if it doesn't come out, it doesn't come out. We can tell it pays the bills. It comes out whenever we can. But hang with us. Don't unsubscribe. Keep subscribing. Tell your friends and check out this podcast. This is me and Brian Smith getting dirty in the mud. Um, usually we start with like a pre-podcast ramble, ramble, but I guess we're just, we're just going to get into it. We're just going to get into it. Yeah. All right. You got your knowledge, knowledge pad with you? Yeah, exactly. Um, just in case. All right. Ready to crack these suckers? Yes, sir. All right. This is the Not After 30 Podcast, a podcast about reminiscing about your 20s while surviving your 30s. Now, it's time for the show. Not bad. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Welcome back. We are Thank drinking you. Anderson Craft Ale's Autumn. It is, uh, let's see, proudly brewed in London. Um, what else does it tell us? Smooth copper-colored Oktoberfest-style beer has a smooth maltiness finish with German noble hops for a clean, crisp finish. Oh, an IBU of 26, Aaron Chalupa, that's for you. SRM 10, OG 12.7. And field goal percentage three point three. It's got a it's got a chance twenty six percent chance of affecting your irritable bowels. That's what the IB is, right? <laughs> yeah. Chaloops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the After Thirty podcast? This is Anthony Alhefe recording live and direct with Brian Smith returning, the carnivore comedian. Woo. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, not much and yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah, not, not much and everything. The story of my life. Yeah, exactly. Um, we got a lot, a lot. I feel like we got a lot to talk about. Um, first off, let's do a little best in the nation baseball pool talk. Oh. Because going into it, we were the baseball experts, my man. We were the ones who did the Jays podcast, talked about it. Um, we are shitting. I'm shitting the bed for sure. I'm in tied for last place. And you're in the middle of the pack. You have a, a slim to no chance, but to finish. Oh, well, you have a chance to finish top three, maybe. Yeah, maybe top three. Yeah. I, I don't know who above me has Boston. I know Neil does. So yeah. if Boston wins, I may move up, but he still wins. It's, so. it's currently a two-horse race with uh, Neil, who finished last last year. So I use, I'm using the same point system. Dave, if you're listening to this, you get one point for the... Um, Divisional, what's a one game play, the wild card game? You get three points for the divisional series, five points for the um, the league, and then eight for the World Series. Um, <laughs> it's the same same point system as last year. My brother's making a big fuss about it. Talk your shit, Dave. Talk, Talk shit. your shit. Yeah, and, and that's what he likes to do. He likes to like just dissect things like crazy and and go from there. And he, so right now, oh, I just had it. Where did he go? 
The playoff pool, Neil's on top. Matt Brady's right behind. Three points separates the two. I think Neil's been perfect, which is unheard of. I won the pool last year, and I got 24 points. And he has the the pool isn't done. He's already at 24 points. He's going for an all-new record. And the only way this changes is if somehow it ends in a tie and we go to tiebreakers and he gets that bonus point for the tiebreakers. But other than that, he might have the all-time record for that. Wow. And does Matt have uh, the Dodgers then? Is that why it's a two-horse race? Yeah, he's got the, he's got the Dodgers Ooh. for the win. Um, Poor so, Brady. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it does not look good right now. And if the Dodgers go to the World Series back-to-back years and lose, you lose a Stick to convening hockey pools. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. Who, Matt Brady? Yeah. No, he doesn't see the hockey pool. Oh. He does like ball hockey leagues. Yeah, that's stick right, to that's convening right. ball hockey leagues. I Matt Brady. Tease him that he's a semi-pro, semi-pro recreational player because he he just he gets paid to play. Shows up, plays on a couple teams, reps a couple teams. Motherfucker. It's the life. Fucking the life, man. The, how have you found the baseball playoffs this year? The World Series has kind of been disappointing. Uh, I thought the the NLCS game and the ALCS games were very exciting. Like I thought even though Boston like if you just look at it, they handled Houston pretty well. Yeah, very convincing. Those games when you watch them were tight as can be and you were just on the edge of your seats. Like Ben Intendi getting that diving catch very to end the game. If he misses that, the game's tied, maybe they lose. I possibly I Boston is designed is is built to win. They're built to win, yeah. and they look amazing. And I I mean, I my initial draft on the thing I had them going all the way, and I kept saying to myself, they're too good. They're going to be too cocky, and someone's going to knock them off. Well, fuck me, I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's not the case. They're good to win right now, and looks like they're on road to do it. I haven't been too impressed with the playoffs. Um, I I, I called the Dodgers going all the way. And I always felt I feel like re, in recent years it's been two like one team makes it to the finals, one team loses. The following year, the team that lost makes it to the finals. Probably it happened with um, uh, Kansas City Royals, and then it happened. Well, I guess it didn't happen with Sam. Um, didn't happen with the Strohs. Didn't happen with the Strohs. But I guess they they were kind of that ball team of destiny. The Sports Illustrated article that kind of the Cubs, the, the Cubs, Cubs, Cubs were, yeah. I don't know. I just I just felt like the Dodgers. They had learned so much last year. They had pretty much the same team, except added some some bum by the name of Manny Machado. I just figured that. Yeah. I just figured to take him over, and I mean, it's gotten this far, but they got to win some fucking games. It's still not over, but yeah, they got to win some games. It's uh, it's tough. Boston, Boston. I I mean, I don't think they're going to be choke artists, but I I really fucking hope they are. That defense, though, Boston has like six guys up for Gold Gloves. Their whole outfield's all up for gold gloves. We know Jackie Bradley's probably winning it for sure for center. Like you know, A couple of years ago, I saw Jackie Bradley play for the um, Pawtucket Iron Pigs. They were playing the Buffalo Bisons, and he played like a shit game. Like, I, <laughs> he could have just had a bad game, but I always knew that he had a like, big arm. That was his big, his big uh, thing. And I just... I never thought he'd be this good of a ball player, and he is incredible right now. Well, the whole first half of the season, he was trash. Right. Like, aside from being good in the field, he was horrible at that. Like, and it was like, oh, I guess he's regressed. Like, yeah. I guess what we thought, like, what happened last year, and then he turns it on, and then the playoffs, he's been on fire. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked by 
how good Boston actually is and how they're 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 handling everybody. They're handling it. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah, I, I hate it because I, I hate Boston, but the games in LA will be different. I the, hope so. the first two games having that DH now you got to put JD Martinez somewhere yeah. on the field. Yeah, that's a good point. And he is a liability. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's to say it lightly. Okay, so. Do they play three games in LA and then they're back to Boston for games five? Six? I, don't, I I think I think it's two three two in the two, three, two, in, yeah. in this. That should be interesting then, because yeah, LA could swing the series their direction. I have a feeling it hasn't been announced yet, but I have the feeling JD Martinez ends up in right field and Mookie Betts ends up playing second base. They, yeah, they did have. There was a report that Mookie Betts was playing too. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm interested by it. I'm interested. He used to be a second baseman. Yeah, I'm sure it can't be that hard to to go back. Even even, even though it's a World Series, he's that good of an athlete, and he's that good of a bat. Even if he fucks up second base, who gives a shit? He's probably going three for four with yeah. a home run and like a triple and yeah, a double. Exactly. Yeah, it's better than Ian Kinsler. Like Ian yeah. Kinsler, defensively stud at second base. Offensively, he's been on and off all year, right? Yeah. I, anyways, baseball playoffs. So are you, are you seen Boston in five? Boston in four? I think Boston in six. Yeah. In the pool, I've got LA in seven or LA in six, I think. But if if it, if they can win the, those first two games in LA, I feel like they can. Excuse me, get three wins in LA, and then it goes back to Boston. I think it's going to go to seven. Oh yeah, I know. I'm I'm still plugging. Even though, <laughs> even though it won't help me, Neil won't win the fucking pool, and I'm okay with that. Fuck you, Neil. <laughs> All right, I don't want this to be all sports, but I gotta ask, how are you feeling? What, almost 15 games into the season, or 10 games, 12 games into the season, how do you feel about your Montreal Canadiens? Uh, I wish we were doing worse. <laughs> it looks it looks like they're gonna they're, they might squeak an eighth playoff spot. I know. <laughs> it's very so disappointing. Much for that rebuild, eh? <laughs> it's like no, this is not how you rebuild. We beat Calgary. Like we have to lose to these teams. Yeah. Like we have to but lose to the mediocre. Teams. Those fringe teams. Yeah. They're gonna have those uh, like uh, beat them up, drag them out. Like just fight games, just claw games, and they're gonna end up winning those games in overtime. And those overtime points are gonna push them into like the uh, ninth last spot in the league, where they get no no lottery chance and no, and just be stuck with the sixteenth overall pick. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough year. But they might they might trick the fan base enough just to be like, okay, we're we're not that far away. We're not as far as we thought. Carey Price is gonna take Aww. us. Max Domi. <laughs> You know, Max Domi just took a picture with Matt Sundin. He's obviously influenced by him. He's going to play like him. He's going to score some goals. I don't know. I don't know. The thing, oh, it's a headache. How's Galchenyuk doing? Uh, I honestly don't know. I, like, tune him out. <laughs> I, I haven't heard anything about Arizona this season. They might not even play in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, but usually you're here like, oh, off to an 0-7 start. I haven't heard any. I don't know if they're doing good. I don't, I don't even want to check. Yeah, I don't want to waste that on that. I don't want to waste my Wi-Fi on that. Yeah, honestly, why are they in the league? I don't know. Well, I mean, hey, maybe they move to Seattle. Maybe. I don't know. How good of a market will Seattle be? Like every every expansion team does well to start. Yeah, I mean, you you want to look at Vegas, and I guess if you're <laughs> Seattle, the people putting the Seattle bid in, you don't want Arizona. No. Because they're just a mess. But then send Arizona to like Quebec City yeah. or Hamilton. I actually I heard this a really good thing. I was I was listening to I was watching um, SB Nation's YouTube channel. I had this cool thing about uh, the Penguins and the Bruins and how they have this like unspoken rivalry. 
Are you a Bruins fan? Oh, you're a Canes fan. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fuck the Bruins. Yeah, fuck the Bruins for sure. Um, but in the 70-whatever, uh, initially, Pittsburgh had these really ugly jerseys that were white and baby blue with uh, the Pittsburgh Penguin penguin inside a puck, and that was, like, yellow and black. And the following year, they said, like, this is a really ugly jersey. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> we want to change it, and they're gonna be, it's going to be uh, gold, white, and black. And Boston was like, uh, one second, please. Those are our colors. You ain't taking those. And they tried to sue the Pittsburgh Penguins for using their color. Yeah. And so there was this, like, this thing. And then it, it also it, it morphed a decade later when uh, Alf, Alf Samuelson and Cam Neely had this thing back and forth. And they got traded to the Penguins, which made it. And that's where the whole thing kind of started. <laughs> but I didn't know this. But uh, who's the guy who runs Tim Hortons? Do you know his name offhand? No. Fuck. I, can't, I, I always hear his name. I'm like, who? Where do I know that name again? He's a guy who, who owns and runs Tim Hortons right now. Uh, about um, when Ottawa was a franchise, when Ottawa was a dream, they were almost became, they were almost like the Hamilton franchise before we even talked about the Hamilton franchise. And that dude from Tim Hortons was ready to throw down the money. He's at the time is $22 million to buy an NHL franchise or to start an NHL franchise. And he's going to write the check, do it. He's going to put all the money in the cops call wow. CM. And the, and, the NHL was helping on having two teams that year go in. So the Senators and the Sounds like Sharks, was that who went in at the same time? Couldn't tell you. I think it's the Sharks. Um, so that was the whole plan. And it, it only turned out that um, Toronto blocked that sale. The Leafs blocked that sale, <laughs> which, is, which is funny because I say bring it on, but at that time, <coughs> Leafs weren't necessarily doing the best, so they probably needed all the help they could get. Yeah, it's, but, it's not a big man, deal. Like, the Leafs are like the number one hockey franchise. Everybody loves the Leafs, who are who all the Leaf fans. No, I mean, let me rephrase that. <laughs> there are so many Leaf fans that it just seems like everybody loves the Leafs. So who gives a shit? If there's that little brother Hamilton team. Who cares? Hamilton Bulldogs, whatever they want to be called. Fucking give them the team. See how they do. And when they move in like uh, twenty years, then fuck them. I agree. I, the market can handle two teams for sure. But yeah, those I don't know where that fucking rant came from. But I just thought it was kind of cool. I had learned something cool. I didn't, I didn't, I I only thought that Hamilton talk had only been recent. I didn't realize that it dates back thirty years. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, fuck it. Ah, fuck it. Honestly, though, like the the we need at least two more teams in Canada, at least. Okay, so so what, what do you think, Quebec City <laughs> and? I think Hamilton. Hamilton's yeah, Hamilton. good, or like you know, if you don't want to put one in the hammer, uh, where are you going to build a new a new arena there, etc. 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 Like Markham's pretty under underdeveloped right now. Like yeah. there's lots of space up there. That's a, that's I guess the uh, the backup talk. I think you can make it work in Hamilton. I think uh, what do they call it? First Ontario Center now? Yeah. I think that can handle it. I mean, listen, if Winnipeg is fucking doing it, motherfucking Winnipeg, <laughs> motherfucking Wienerpeg, if they can do it at, with their, I think the first season their stadium held 16,000 or maybe 14,000 because it was a junior junior arena. Yeah. They made upgrades. They made it work. I'm sure Cops Coliseum can do that. I'm sure it's, they could. It's just in downtown Hamilton is sketchy as fuck yeah, as well. Right now, right now. I don't know. That won't change. It won't change. It won't change quickly. Quickly, but I mean, you put you put a major league team in there, then something's gonna happen. Yeah, it can't happen. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot more muggings outside. Yeah, exactly. Those. Let's heads. introduce scalpers to yeah. this and see what happens. <laughs> 
Uh, that's a problem for Dave to figure out, and we can just go from there. Yeah, yeah, really. Hey, Dave, let's talk about your Hamilton mayoral race next time. Whoa. That's a shout-out to Dave and my debate with Dave about Was that the you? Uh, Milton mayor. Okay, first, first and foremost, you don't fuck with Kranz. Uh, yeah, you do. Nah. First and foremost, nah, you you tripping, man? <clears throat> you tripping? What did what, did you vote this year? Actually, no, I didn't. Uh-huh. I know, I know, so, I know, I know. So I you're do- one of the sixty nine percent who didn't okay. vote. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I I should have voted. I I definitely would have voted, but right now, unfortunately, but I can't even tie my shoelace, let alone find time to vote. But I know it's not a good excuse. But I usually do vote, so if that helps, uh-huh. I, do, I, I usually do vote. I uh, I went so far as to watch. Not only the mayoral debate for Milton, but the regional councillors debate. Oh my, you are hardcore. And the Ward 3 debate as well. And what was your conclusion? My conclusion is that Gord Krantz doesn't have a platform other than, oh, I'm 81, I've been this mayor for 38 years, I attend every event. It's like, okay, so like you're good at PR? Like, what does that mean for the growth of the town and how we handle it? Yeah, but isn't that what politics basically is? Just a popularity contest? Yeah. No one actually votes on the platform. I mean, or... No one actually votes on the platform. This guy does. Okay, so so you're the 0.003% that... that, uh, I guess at this level it's a little bit different. But then when we get into, like, teams, like the uh, federal government, I know it's a little bit of a different game there, but... Yeah, no one, one, everyone no just one, gets divided in teams. No one cares about local government. Right. But, like, the fact of the matter is, is that Milton grew so rapidly, mm-hmm. and you can say that's positive, but we didn't grow our infrastructure with it. And that was the whole debate with Dave, is Dave was very much like, well, what do you expect them to do? Like, it takes time for money to come in and, like, to deal with that growth. And I'm like, they're approving that growth. Like, it, it, it's not like Madame Homes can just come in, buy land, and build houses and be like, fuck right. you, town. Like, they have to rezone everything. They have to get approval. So if you're approving that, you need to have a long-term plan with it. Okay. You grew up in, in Mississauga, right? Yeah. Hazel did that. That was her approach. Her is, we're, we're not going to rush anything. We're going to do something when the infra- infrastructure's there. We're going to expand our streets. We're going to make sure our streets are viable for these this growth. And, ha- and Hazel made that happen. But she's the exception to the rule, my man. And growing up, we were probably spoiled by that because she she did it she she did it right, and she didn't do anything in debt either. She didn't make the town go broke or anything. She she did it when the cash was there. There's a reasons why a lot of corporations are willing to go in debt, though. Yeah. Like there's a, there's times where going in debt makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine. I get you know, it. Maybe you, maybe a better transit system in Mississauga. Maybe like an LRT or connecting to the subway. That, those are those are good dreams. Yeah, those those would have been things that would have been nice to do while you're working on, you know, widening roads and doing that. Like if you have the foresight and you know you want to turn downtown Mississauga into this big hub, right? You got to be able to support it rather than have like a private bus lane. That yeah, I get I get the argument. It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think that's well, I think that's what a lot of people want on the highways is kind of like a um, a private lane for. Let's say buses or eighteen wheelers or anything like that to get that out, get help that with the congestion that happens on the four hundred one. Yeah, but Mississauga actually has like their whole along the four hundred three that whole separate just bus loop, right? And it's just baffling. Like to me, that's so much real estate wasted 
on a bus and it's like you're not solving the problems like you can say well we're committing to a greener infrastructure but people right. aren't stopping driving to take the bus no they're not but also right. too that in that hub you also have a, a newer newer ish college that's there that be, that people are most likely commuting into as well as that hub being the center point of the city yeah and it's just underdeveloped. So, like, Hazel was great for Mississauga growing, and then eventually maybe change is a good thing. Yeah. Maybe when someone's married for 30... <laughs> Bonnie's not the change? Maybe. Maybe Bonnie is. Maybe. She only had one term, so we'll see what her second term is. But all Every. I know is that when you're mayor for 30 years, like, you've been mayor of a town that was so small. Yeah, you helped it grow. Yeah, you helped it keep it in the black. But at what point does... Someone with new ideas coming. Right. Someone who's more uh, educated when it comes to technology, when it comes to different things that can potentially alleviate some of these problems. Yeah, uh, I. That's I think, the issue I had in Milton. But there has to be someone. There has to be someone young <clears> enough, <throat> uh, charismatic enough, and and willing to do the legwork. Because I saw a lot of fucking posters up. I didn't recognize any. First of all, I didn't recognize any of the names except for obviously uh, Gord Krantz, um, and everyone, even my neighbors. I'm like uh, Christina. Nasser or something. I was like, you you've already, you're switching it up a little bit, and they're like, oh, she's a friend. I'm like, yeah, oh. that's usually how local elections go. Oh, okay, cool. But the fact is, is that we actually had our debates on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, really? They're like, they're like thirty minutes long. They're not long debates. Oh my god, you like, should have posted it. Yeah, uh, and that's on me. I'll, I'll put that on me. All right, good. You're but, but there's some candidates with really good ideas out there. Like, uh, you know, one of the big things that I've said for years that I fully support is Milton, all these new like, they're like, everyone wants to create jobs in Milton because it's going to solve the the problems of long commutes and then hopefully help people not have to clog up our streets. Like, that's like, let's bring more companies to Milton, let's do that. But we're just developing warehousing. Right. And to be honest, you can't afford to live in Milton if you're on a warehouse job. Right, right, right. Like, that's just not the case. Right? We need more white-collar jobs in Milton, not blue-collar jobs. Yeah, but that's going to be even harder to attract, too, especially with Mississauga so close to Mississauga having that already. Mississauga and Waterloo. Uh, right between the two yeah. of them. But the biggest difference is we don't even have a good fiber network infrastructure. So, like, our internet is crap in Milton. It's, it's if you're a business in true. you, let's say you're a technology company. Right. Are you going to start up in a place where you can get 50 megs capped? That's your that's your top that's internet connection? That's all you get, guys. Yeah. Take three hours to upload. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy it. No. Uh, just for that, anytime there's any um, problem with the 930 podcast getting uploaded, you can blame it on Milton's shitty uploads rate. Yeah. It's horrible. Although this should never be. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, don't get too heavy into this, okay? You're going to put me to sleep. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, okay. Listen. The comedian who likes politics. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh oxymoron. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm very curious. We talked about We hinted on it on a couple baseball and, and uh, shit. You know what? We got to have one more sports topic before we get into the, your diet. The fucking Toronto Raptors, the best team in basketball. They look good. Fucking they look good. I, wa- I watched three games, three other four games right now. Five games. Yeah. God damn, they look good. Kawhi. Shut down Jimmy oh Butler. Did, and, of course, if you haven't seen it, it's all over the goddamn internet. The no-look diving steal. Yeah. Incredible. I I, I mean, I, I I think of those things on the school play yard, being like, oh, yeah, that's because you have, like, a three-year-old throwing you a ball. And you can kind of track that. Uh, no, this is a pro basketball player who tried to do a bounce pass, but 
Number two in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Leonard for most, had eyes in the back of his head, dove in the opposite direction that his body was going, and caught a ball behind, like, without even looking, caught the yeah. ball. Insane. Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, Kawhi was... Leonard is, is, is the, a, lot of, a lot of people on the radio are saying that he's the best Raptor of all time, and he's played five games. Yeah, they might be fucking right. They might be I, goddamn right. I mean, like, yeah, you know, these are the same people who will hate him the second he leaves. Right. But right. Um, it's good when it lasted. Yeah. For now, if it gives us a legitimate chance, then do you think he? Do you think he resigned? Maybe like a short term, like a three year deal or something. I was like, it's always possible, and that's the thing, right? Like, they wouldn't have made the move if they didn't think it was possible. And I think Masai Masai is a good GM. Yeah, I, agree. I think Masai is a really good GM. He's pretty smart. Uh, you know, he couldn't get Denver over the hump when he was there. Right. But he was also a little bit more capped in Denver then. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. Like, okay. We have a good market right now, and we're excited, and that helps make people feel like it's good to stay. Do you think? Do you think that Dwayne Casey's just hate fucking his wife right now about how much, like how this Raptors team is doing? And he's just like just just fuming, you know. There's a chance that the Raptors and the Pistons meet in the first round, and if there's a chance Dwayne Casey's gonna be out for blood. He might shoot a player on the court. Like he he might be so frustrated. He's like you couldn't give me one more goddamn year with Kawhi Leonard, like the, the second or or best player in the in the league, third best player in the league. You're telling me you didn't you didn't want to give me one goddamn year with that guy before you fucking fired me? I just won Coach of the Year. Then you signed the league's MVP for, what, from two seasons ago. Yeah, a playoff MVP. Come on, I I, I don't blame him either. But fucking Nick Nurse is, seems to be on fire right now. So, the thing I like is I think Nick Nurse utilizes players better. Like we're seeing a resurgence that we haven't seen from Serge Ibaka since he was back in OKC. Right. Right. Like he's been playing. Almost 30 minutes off the bench, 15 points, six boards, couple blocks a game, like in actually getting down low, playing some good defense down low, which is what he was known for. Right. Where was that when we had Casey? Oh, man. Oh, where, where, where was that? That was missing in action. Mr. Dwayne Casey, who was defensive, defense first, defensive mind of coach, and yet you had, you had one <clears throat> great defensive player who was. MIA. Last yeah. year he sucked the year before. When they traded for him and got him, he was good. They tried he, to use him as a stretch four. Yeah, and then they and then he disappeared. He disappeared last year. He sat on the bench most of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm excited for this Raptors team and listen, don't even get me too excited because my sports boner will just break the table. But if the Leafs and Raptors have great playoff runs at the same time, first of all, you're not gonna find a drop of booze downtown. The downtown core will be dry. Part two of that, with going into this J season, the opt—I mean optimism—the uh, the potential is gonna is gonna need to be reached with a lot of those young players. And oh, for sure. They just announced a new Blue Jay manager today. I don't know much about him. I heard I heard a breakdown on him. Um, career minor leaguer, uh, been coaching in the minors for uh, 18 years and something like 17, uh, 17, 16 or 17 of those 18 years his team has made the playoffs and nine of those 18 years won championships that's fantastic that's good you know and, and he's all about player development which is perfect for the team he's um, Puerto Rican which means maybe but he helps can, us with the in, international development yeah I, I guess <laughs> I mean I guess that's part of it but you know you have guys micro I, I never understood that argument I guess in a stretch 
situation, it's some relatability. But wouldn't a Puerto Rican coach been good like four years ago when half the team was Puerto Rican? Yeah. You had Edwin, you had um, uh, Jose, Jose Reyes. You had uh, like like two-thirds of the Puerto Rican national team playing on the team. You can argue Gibby was better back then for us too, though, because we had a bunch of vets back then who players, managers usually go good with vets because – they give them they space. Just, they give them space. Yeah. Right. You know, maybe this guy's good for a youth movement. Maybe we'll see. You know, I, I'm looking forward to it, and he's coming from a, a really good um, franchise. Like the Tampa Bay Rays get a lot of respect for their player development. They always have to. They always seem to have a beautiful ace up there, like in the pipeline, who then ends up becoming fantastic. Yeah. Did Chris Archer, he got traded to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pirates. Two pickets to Pittsburgh. Kyle, that's for you. Okay. Um, you got anything else Toronto sports related you want to talk about? The Argos, how are the Argos doing? Don't follow CFL. They won last year, right? I'm pretty sure they won last year. Maybe. Don't follow yeah. CFL. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's like NFL all the way, CFL. Baffles me why people like it. Who's your team in the NFL? Uh, the New York Jets. And how are the Jets doing? Uh, 500. Okay, I don't. I don't know anything about football. It was like Tom Brady still playing. It was like uh, Tom Brady is still playing. Yeah. All right. He's playing all right. It, uh, I guess isn't that always? And I think the Cowboys are doing good. No, the Cowboys are trash this uh, year. But their their division really sucks. Uh, yeah, you can argue that that division is the worst division in football, with the exception of the Eagles. Yeah, you can make that argument. Yeah. The Giants are garbage. The Cowboys are garbage. The Redskins are pretty garbage. So yeah. Oh, I don't know. I can't follow football. Way too boring for me. Uh, okay. What? Yeah, way too boring. I, I will. Uh, <laughs> I, I just had an aneurysm. <laughs> another podcast for another time. Uh, lastly. Yes. UFC. Oh, you have fucking got to see this. Okay. Just like one sentence or less. How did you like the Connor fight? The Khabib Connor fight. The actual fight or the aftermath? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'll give you one sentence for each. Okay, the fight, um, disappointing. Okay, that's that's. I'll use one word: okay. disappointing. Okay, and uh, the aftermath, WWE. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what I'll call that. The fight for me, <clears throat> predictable. I, I I had Khabib grinding them out, um, but I didn't think Conor looked good at all. I think he looked better in this Floyd fight than he did in this fight. I think Conor McGregor maybe would be a better fighter if he didn't drink alcohol. Yeah. yeah. If, he, if he didn't have a substance abuse problem. Maybe um, maybe if he's not drinking his whiskey in the like press pre-fight conference, yeah. press conferences and stuff, maybe that affects his cardio a little bit. Maybe yeah. there's a lot of things that go into that. I, I, w- I wasn't thrilled with the fight. I kept thinking to myself, oh, fuck, here it is. Here it is. And then, you know, Conor kept, kept going. Okay, he, he looked <clears throat> okay. He didn't look great, uh, and he, d- he definitely didn't look like any of his other so, fights. Yeah. It's the first round. Let's break it down. The first round, pretty much what I expected. I expected, uh, you know, Connor to try to keep distance, try to catch Habib when Habib's coming and closing. Yeah, I'm pretty much done this one. <laughs> I'll keep this here ready and waiting. So you do me right, baby. So I expected... Uh, I expected that to happen. I expected him to get taken down. Right. And his his defense, he defended a few takedowns in the first yeah. round. His defense on the ground, good. Back to the cage, 
not letting Habib really do much, tying up the arms, keeping him close. Right. That's fine. They're drawing in each other's ears the whole time. Second round, immediately defends a takedown. Okay, this is good. This is really good. He's been working on his takedown defense. Like He was already good t- takedown defense, but you know that he's going to get taken down eventually against Habib. Gets caught with that eagle punch, that overhand right that comes at like a weird-ass angle. Yeah. Gets dropped by it. Not good, right? Like, but then... That's the first time you, you saw Connor get hurt, too. Yeah. 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 But then, especially hurt when he still had cardio. Right, yeah, <laughs> when he still... Yeah. yeah. So, but then... Habib is wailing, doing like just going wild with all those punches at the end of the second round. Nothing's connecting. Right. Yeah, like yeah. I'm watching and I'm like, everyone, like I watched the fight with like six people in my house and everyone's losing their shit. And I'm just like quietly watching. I'm like, yeah, none of this is no hitting. They're all hitting arms, 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 maybe one of every like seven. Habib actually was doing better like a minute before that when he was on top when he was going like body, body, head, right, body, right. head, like and just mixing up head and body and getting those rib shots. Those were money because he was catching Connor, bringing his hands down, hanging him in the face. When he just postures up and throws like a like an idiot, like he gassed himself. Third round, this is the first time ever I've seen Habib gassed. Ever. I don't think he was gassed. I, he saw. I think. I mean, that was the best shape he'd ever been in. Hands he, down. He his arms were down. He was definitely, maybe not gas, but he was definitely, it was a recovery yeah. round for him. Yeah, yeah. And he was not defending the way you, the way you would normally would. Yeah, but, I, I agree. He, he, he wasn't as, he wasn't as probably as sharp, but he was still, he was more than Connor. Yeah. But Connor was also tired in the third round because it's Connor McGregor. If Connor McGregor isn't, has any sort of cardio, Habib gets dropped in those third rounds. Uh, I don't know. That that's that's a big statement. Here's here's why I don't think that. I, I think I think Connor went into this underprepared compared to some of his other fights. I think that Nick Diaz rematch, he went he went he spent like the most money ever on a training camp. <laughs> but he came in looking like a goddamn killing machine. He and also looked fat as fuck this fight. <laughs> yeah, he, compared he, to himself, he didn't look. He didn't look normal. He, he, he and who knows if if he kind of went in knowing that this is like his worst matchup possible, and then. The outcome was what it was. Connor is like, yes, he runs his mouth. Yes, he does like crazy things. Yes, he can sell a fight. But man, he is humble in defeat, and you can't take the he he gave could be the props, the all that other shit that happened afterwards, dude. That wasn't even WWE. That was like some bullshit in a Rocky movie. It was nuts. Yeah, it was it it, it wasn't. It was so far fetched. That if that happened in WWE, people would turn off the TV and be like, fuck this shit, this is so fake. It was it was unbelievable. But it yeah. gives like credence now when like someone comes out, like comes out from like under the ring, slides in, hits someone with a chair in the back. That's exactly what it reminded me of. I was like, I was just waiting for like the glass breaking and like oh. Stone Cold to come like running in. That's like, hilarious. I, I, like, I said that like 300 <laughs> times too. I was like, when is The Rock going to show up, yeah. drop some elbows, and get on with this? Stunner! Yeah. Stunner! Jim Ross, Jim Ross pushes Joe Rogan out of the way. Oh my God, he's too young! Uh, <laughs> it was nuts. It's so nuts. I mean, and, and the other thing was, this was a big card, like most purchased UFC card of all time. 
big card. They, I think they made like three and two million dollars on the fight, and then like four and five million dollars on the pay per view points. That's all great for those guys, uh, you know, just just cashing in, just under ten million, ten million bucks on the on the card. Mm-hmm. But that whole card was really good. Yeah, that was a card. That uh, Lewis fight, like first of all, like, <laughs> everyone loves like the post. Uh, but man, that guy was getting his ass whooped most of the fight yep. by that Russian Ivan Drago, and then, <laughs> and then he just clips him. And then, I, this fight, this fight now with uh, Derek Lewis and uh, Daniel Cormier, man. A, I don't like the fight because I don't think it'll be good. And B, once Derek Lu- Derek Lewis loses, what the fuck then? Then he's gonna he's gonna get a setback. I mean, Dana White, fuck this guy or whoever's calling the shots on the, the card. They fuck this guy over. I just think the Derek Lewis thing was weird to me because it was an amazing post fight interview. Right. He he caught him with like twenty seconds left in the fight. He was gassed beyond belief. Yeah, it's a hail mary. Yeah, it was yeah. a hail mary. And he had eaten a ton of damage that whole fight. So when he took his shorts off and when he was talking to Rogan about smoking weed and shit like that, I was like, oh, my God, he's clearly concussed. Like, clearly he got (laughs) rocked in that. And now he's fighting like literally a month later. Yeah, six six weeks later. Yeah. It's it's so, you know, like, and a lot of people, like, they get distracted by the comments. But one of the comments that he said, which was, I'm not ready for a title fight. Mm-hmm. And then not even like your next fight, like six months down the road, your next fight in six weeks. Oh yeah. It's going to be against the only, uh, current two title holding champ, yep. Daniel motherfucking Cormier, who, yeah. Okay. Other than John Jones has whooped everybody's ass. And once again, bad matchup, bad it's matchup, a bad matchup for Lewis because Cormier will take him down. And Derek Lewis has no beast. ground game, no ground game, no cardio. Daniel Cormier will whoop his. Okay, Stipe Miocic, I thought for sure was gonna retire champ. No one's gonna be able to beat him, and Daniel Cormier came in and cleaned his fucking clock. Ate his that was the biggest surprise. And fucking threw a fucking middle finger in his face. I was shocked that DC won that fight. I thought for sure. Stipe was just going to just pound him out and he's just going to beat him up because mm. of size difference and everything else. DC impressed. DC really impressed. Yep. There's no way Derek Lewis comes out of this fight. No way. No. I I will put it on record now. I bet money Derek Lewis gets crucifixed. I bet money Ooh. he gets crucifixed and cannot do anything. Just laying arm caught between Cormier's legs, Cormier pinning the other arm, even either under Lewis's own body or with his one hand and just lands those little short elbows, short shots, and so it gets stopped. You, you thinking TKO or KO? I'm thinking TKO. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I can't see Derek Lewis getting KO'd by Cormier. Yeah, I can't see him getting folded, but I mean, I, can, I mean, submitted, submitted or TKO maybe. But I, I also think that Derek Lewis is a pretty strong guy too. That he might be able to use some strength or body weight or leverage to get out of stuff. But I, 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 I mean, it's got to be the first round. Maybe first round, yeah. he can get out because the second, third round when he's tired, that strength's going away. Yeah, I agree. And then all this John Jones talk. John Jones is just fucking. He is just trolling DC. Oh yeah, and and DC like. It is shaping up to be one of the all-time greatest UFC MMA rivalries with um, Daniel Cormier is your good guy who just can't get a break. (laughs) The the fans don't love him. I mean, now the fans love him, but they didn't love him for a long time because John Jones is just so impressive. And then slowly, this evil side of John Jones comes out. All this shit comes out. 
you're forced to love Daniel Cormier because a he's super clean. He's he doesn't have the physique of John Jones, but he's super clean. And you hear him on these these fight breakdowns, and you're like, man, this guy knows his shit for sure. I like this guy a little bit more. And then John Jones comes back. Here we go. The glass breaks. Stone cold. John Jones breaks out, and 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 he is just trolling, trolling. He's he's been calling out GSP. For for uh, <laughs> talking shit, like, uh, we're bros, but we're, I guess we're not. He's calling out D- DC. He's just hunting him down. And DC's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to retire after, you know, after like when I turn 40, I'm retiring. So I got I got Lewis and then um, Brock Lesnar, and then I'm out. I'm cashing out, and I'm gone. And John Jones like, nah, 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 bitch. We got one more to go. You got my belt. We're going to make this happen. <laughs> I'm intrigued, man. I am so intrigued to see how this folds. Uh, the thing is, is that... I like DC. I've always liked DC. But when he when he gets in it with John Jones, Daniel Cormier becomes a completely different person and I can't stand him. Yeah, for some reason he just comes across so scumbaggy because like John Jones will say things that like clearly are just trying to get a rise. Right, right, right. And then Daniel Cormier will be like, "I would spit on you if I saw you on the streets and shit like that." I'm like, "Oh well, this guy's just a piece of shit." All right, Khabib, chill out. <laughs> yeah, like it's really weird. Yeah, I, you know, I guess it's he's he's his um his it's it's DC John Jones is DC's actual mortal enemy. There's, oh, for sure. And and that and that's the only way that I can compare them. And DC said it after the loss of his. Ah, oh, so good. It's you know another angel got its wings. <laughs> um, DC said it at his, after his last fight with John Jones, saying that it's like it's not much of a rivalry if I've lost twice. And he got folded, man. He got fucked up. Yeah. He got he got just murdered with a kick to the face. John Jones is a freak. He's a freak. Yeah, he's an absolute freak. The fact that he can fight on, like, any substances at all. Right. Like, cocaine, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, he's a freak. Yes. He's going to beat you regardless of what he's on or not. Like, it's just, just, he's that level. He's just too good. And and I don't, I don't fault DC for it because you're always going to have, like, I mean, we play competitive sports for a long time. There's always that team that no matter how much heart you have, they just have more goddamn God-given ability yeah. to win, and sometimes that shit happens. And you don't, you, you don't get mad at it. You just got you know. But DC, you know, he's made his coin. He's got a definite prominent future when it comes to um, commentary with UFC. Oh, yeah. And there's a report, a Bleacher report that came out like four or five days ago saying that the WWE <coughs> was interested in Cormier. Cormier's a huge fan. I could see him making the switch because A, he gets a lot of screen time, and if yep. he needs to go into the ring, I can't I can't imagine him not wanting to go into the ring. And they got the him and Brock Lesnar hate already. Oh yeah. There you go. Let's fucking write the write it up. Book it, Vince. I just love how Cormier gets this fight because Brock Lesnar can't actually he's gotta wait six months for testing because you know, you know he's on some shit anytime he goes to the right. WWE. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I gotta imagine most. All, I mean, they have yeah. drug testing, but Lesnar gets exempted from those because he's not a full time um, performer. Yeah, exactly. So he yeah, gets exempted from those tests. But I mean, who gives a shit? I mean, like, we're at the point now. Steroids isn't killing anybody, is it? Let them all take them. Let yeah. them all take them. Let's see shit? what happens. I want to see people at the best of the best of the best. There is a reason why Brian, we don't do these things. It's because we obviously don't have the physiques for it. No, you know, no I, not I, at all. I got like a um, 
fucking Roy Nelson type physique. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm yeah. going for like a, a poor man's Derek Lewis physique. That's yeah, what I'm going right. For. So it's like you know, <laughs> but I'm not putting, I'm not willing to put the work in to get that physique. But these guys are so cut them a break. Let them do let them juice up. Cut the recovery time. I want them to look like goddamn Bob Sapp in the fucking early 2000s, yeah, where he looks like a fucking Rocky villain. And I just want him to go there and I want to see the, what the strongest muscles in the world can do to another man's face. Yeah. Is that not? too much to ask? No. Dana White, no. motherfucker, is that too much to ask? No. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Why does this sport need to be clean? Baseball's not clean. Basketball, football's got more drug violations in the in in the preseason than any other sport combined. Who gives a shit? NFL's still making hand over fist. Let's just do this. Let's just do it. Honestly, embrace it. Why are why are we putting asterisks next to people's names? Why? Oh, because because it wasn't a level playing field. But here's oh, the thing. Come on, that's bullshit. A Here. bunch of pitchers were using at the time too. Okay, Babe Ruth wasn't doing it. There was no steroids, right? But oh, I'm sure there was some sort of performance enhancing back then that they used. Yeah, you know, everyone's maybe. gonna try to find an advantage. How about this? We just we just put all those records in a vault and we lock the door and say, you know what? That was that was the old human stuff. We're superhumans now. This is what we're, we're fucking juiced up, boys. Crack them beers, tilt your head back, pour them down your gauntlet, because we are getting fucking tits up. Let's do this. They need to have records for everything. Records when black people weren't involved, because right. like any like record, like well, better oh, he's got a, he's got a fifty-seven game hit streak. It's like yeah, well, he, this is Bill Burr has the bit where he's like, you don't have CC throwing a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball at you. <laughs> you know, okay. Actually, here's something I kind of want to talk about. I was I've been watching this new or this newish documentary on uh, Netflix called The Hip Hop Revolution. Ah. And I was thinking because I, I love hip hop deep down. I love hip hop, and I, I've been having this real cultural conflict with it because as much as I like hip hop, when hip hop started to become a thing, I had. A, there's a lot a, of it was very pro-black and right? white. Right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, is this like, is this weird, this weird white guilt coming in to play here? And i I always been able to unassociate myself with it because I'm like, well, those aren't my people. <laughs> those, those aren't my people. Like, no. you, know, you know, I don't, I, my last name isn't like a generic white name like Johnson or Smith. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like. My people, my grand, my ancestors weren't my grand ancestors. My, my ancestors, my ancestors weren't whipping your ancestors. We weren't doing any of those things. We were back in the homeland, stepping on grapes, making tomato sauce. Totally different. Yeah, Italians never owned slaves. Exactly. They were just yeah. kind of part of the war on the wrong side for a short amount of time. Then yeah, they sure. came to their senses and switched sides. Totally. It's all good. Anyways. Totally. The slave trade wasn't a global thing. Right. <laughs> Just strictly in the United States, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so here, here's, here, I had this like weird conflict when I was watching last night, this kind of this revel, revelation that happened where I was kind of like miffed, and here's what it was. Here's where I realized, oh, fuck. The wrong people were kind of right. So the, this, is, this is how the argument goes in my head. When hip-hop became very dominant, it started to become a race thing. Yep. And now, granted, some of it was fuck the police stuff, but I'm talking right before that NWA stuff, like cop killer stuff, before that stuff kind of hit, it was cops were shutting down like these parties uh, and like discos that were just strictly for hip-hop and they were overcrowded and that kind of stuff. 
kid. They were, most of the cops were white, and all the cops were white, yeah. except for the one one guy, one yeah, yeah, yeah one yeah. token black guy. Yeah, but he, he, I started thinking. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. But the cops were kind of doing their jobs because they had way too many people there, and there was a fire hazard and all that other stuff. And they gave him a curfew, and they went past a curfew. Okay, so they broke the rules because you're having a good time. But here's where it got me. I have three favorite eras of music. My favorite eras of music are the mid to late 70s of, of American punk rock music, the mid, mid 90s, early 2000s hip hop, and the. That's my favorite. And then the mid to late 90s British invasion, second British invasion. Yeah. Okay? Now, the third one doesn't have any relevance in this, but the two have a lot of relevance. Because in England, at the time, punk music that was influenced by, like, television and the Sex Pistols and the Ramones and those, actually not the Sex Pistols, but the Ramones, all those guys, they had to deal with the same shit. Like, yep. And it was never, like, obviously it wasn't a race card game, right? Because it was, like, white cops telling white punks to get out, like, get out of CBGBs. You guys got to go. We can't be here. There's too many people here. Got to get out of here. You can't put a uh, safety pin in your lip. You got to get out of here. Like, it was it was similar, if not the same bullshit. And that's just the thing myself. I was like, fuck. Have I been on the wrong side of this? <laughs> now, I'm sure the race card plays into effect. But, For sure. But I'm... My, my argument, I don't want my, I don't want to steer my thing into, okay, yeah, sure, there was some race, racially charged things, racially charged things that happened. Those aren't the relatable topics I'm talking about. I'm talking about just the black and white, oh, excuse my pun there, like just my, the black and white facts. They, break the, they broke the rules, so cops had to enforce the rules. Both, play, both genres of music did it. Just this genre of music happened to be black people who had been... Um, suppressed for so long that it was just one more thing on top of all those other things. Created super athletes. Suppressed for so long that it created super just athletes. Just compressed the bone and muscle density to create the super athlete. Yeah. Usain Bolt. Yeah. We should start letting prisoners have kids and put those kids in prisons and see what happens eventually too. I bet it's a, probably... A similar thing happens genetically over a few decades. I would venture to guess that if you force someone to work out for decades and decades and decades, and then they have kids, and then you force those kids to work out, then those kids of the kids, those grandkids, are probably going to be some pretty athletic children. Okay, but (laughs) But. but, you know that's a thing, though. That's yeah. a real thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's been there's been a lot of science that proves that even if you work out from three months before conceiving, if you're both active and working out, you're much more likely to have a child that is uh, more genetically predisposed to be athletic. That's, that's correct. Yeah. So your your genetics aren't taken from when you were a kid. They're <clears throat> taken from where you were when they were conceived. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that kind of makes some somewhat sense. Yeah. Yeah. So. In, you know, we've been breeding this super race by doing horrible, unspeakable things. So what you're saying is <laughs> the white supremacists were right? Is that what you're saying? So here's what I'm saying. We'll start, we'll start going, we'll start it way back in the past. So slavery is obviously an incredibly bad thing. It is a crime, yes. Yes, it's an incredible bad thing that should have never happened. But that being said, there's with every bad thing, always something good comes out of it, okay. depending on how you want to look at things. Right. You have what it, I think it's what, like 65 percent or 70 percent of 
NFL athletes, perfect example, are all, uh, let's just say, non-Caucasian. Okay. And it's like, do you think that's the case? Like, given that more athletes, 70, that the higher percentage of a smaller percentage of the population is, then there's got to be something there when it comes to athleticism. And that's coming across all sports, right? The only one we don't, we still see it, but not as prevalent in is hockey. <laughs> right. Even baseball's creeping up a little bit, like more in I'd like those to statistics. The, the breakdown of, of baseball, yeah. Yeah. Hockey's the only thing that right. you don't see it with, and it's just skates. <laughs> well, yeah, isn't it also because, like, the cost of hockey <clears throat> is, like, it's... It's, expe- it's yeah. one of the most expensive ones, right? So you can say that. And then you can also say that the American economy probably... America probably wouldn't be a superpower the same way it is today and wouldn't have been thrust forward into the Industrial Revolution and through it without the advantages of free labor. Right. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, yeah, follow. Right? So you can say, if you live in the U.S. and you're, you know, uh, African-American, then as negative as that was, you're living in a place that is one of the largest superpowers in the world, and that played a factor. So you can take pride in the fact that your generations, though they were treated like shit, they help create something that you're able to potentially benefit from today. Right, right, right. I say potentially because that's where we get to today. And we get to the, we'll go back to the music examples. So there are going to be instances of racism with cops, especially. There's going to be, there's going to be instances that get blown up out of proportion, I should say. Right. So you're never going to get rid of racist people completely. Let's, let's, there's no possible way of doing that. And you're always going to have error in positions of power, especially positions as high stress as being on the police force. That's an incredibly stressful job. And you're in a position where you know that people don't like you and they already think you're racist, adding to that stress. What, when you're highly stressed, are you more likely to make a bad decision? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. When it's an underfund, when you're underfunded and you didn't get properly trained, or you were just passed through because you knew someone or whatever, are you more likely to make a bad decision? Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. So all these things factor in. Is that racist? Probably not. Sometimes yes. Right. Can, can I just make a just a quick jump in? I know you're the middle point, but yeah. My understanding on. Racist, like, doesn't it have to be in a derogatory way? <clears throat> like, I heard this argument about blackface, and it's like this girl. It just happened like a, a week ago. She's like, "It's okay to do blackface as long as it's in a Halloween costume that isn't derogatory." I'm like, "Yeah, okay, that makes sense." And then she got chewed out, Megan, some something or another, and she. I mean, I, I guess I don't know, like. I thought, doesn't it have to be negative for it to be racist? I would Like, if you're saying black people are better athletes, is that racist? I don't think so. I think that's just factual. John, cue on this one, please. I think that's just factual. I, uh, like, I don't, I don't think facts can be racist, but I think facts can come from a place where they've developed to a specific way because of a systemic problem with society. Right? I can agree with that. But there's lots of research research that shows both ways. Like when you say, uh, like, 
the left and the right, like, let's use them. So the right will say, well, you know, it's not racist. It's just black people typically um, typically living in impoverished areas. And that's not racist. That's the fact that they're not doing enough to get out of those areas and move forward. We live in a capitalistic society. You make whatever you make out of your drive and your will. And if you're more likely to embrace bad habits or roll with the wrong people, then that's your choice, right? right? That's part of capitalism. So that's what the right will say. And the left will say, well, that's the problem is that they're black people are typically condensed into areas, impoverished areas. So it makes it more difficult to rise above. And it probably lies somewhere in the middle. Right. It's like two extremes really though. But you'll have that same issue with everything. Blackface. You'll have one group of people that say, absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. But, but, but it's not derogatory, right? I I, I don't know. Am I just too naive on this? No, man, that's cultural appropriation. Fuck. You know, you can't, you can't. But what about white girls? Like, that, that's where black wh- guys just pretend <laughs> to be basic white bitches. <laughs> they look scary as fuck. But, like, you know, that, I guess that's not okay either. You know, you can't, white yeah. people can't have dreadlocks. Oh, wait, hold on. Dreadlocks weren't even an African-American thing to begin with. Well, you know what? It's our thing now. It's like, no, man. Like, cultural appropriation is just bullshit. The but, only way we uh, evolve profe- as a society... Professionally speaking, uh, white people cannot have dreadlocks. <laughs> just oh, for God. Fun. Just, oh, God. Fun. just for the record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we all learned our lesson on that one. Yeah. Everyone hates that guy. Yeah. Um, but culturally, we evolve as a society, and we learn more about each other, and we learn to accept each other through learning other people's cultures right. through embracing it. So like this whole cultural appropriation thing, all it's doing is creating more segregation. Right. Yes, I agree. It's like, Oh, well you can't do that. That's our thing. Are you kidding? So you want us to be segregated. Then, right. That's what yeah. you're saying. That, that was, that's what makes it so crazy to me is that we're, we're actually just making, like, I remember being younger and it was the whole thing about being, it was like, everyone does everything. But now it seems like more separation no. is happening. You know, it's, it's incredibly interesting. I remember uh, rolling in a car during high school with a, with a couple black dudes and just listening to hip-hop and just, like, and bombs left and right. And, like, it would just be like, you know, like, they'd just be like, yo, you you can say it. It's part of the song. It doesn't matter. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh shit. Test, it's Man, test, it's I, test. Uh, is this real or is this, like, did I just get a pass? And it's like, it's... It's part of the song. Like, I'm not meaning anything derogatory. Right. It shows that I love the music that's coming out from your culture. Right. I've embraced your culture to that level. Yeah. Where I now want acceptance of that culture. And, and it's a whole argument <clears throat> of the ER versus A and that kind of stuff, right? Well, and it's, it's I now want acceptance of your culture, right? But, like, lately you start seeing videos like at, like, a concert where, like, You'll see like the like Kendrick Lamar will bring like a white chick on stage and she's like rapping with him and then she drops it and then like half the crowd's like whoa 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 and then they chastise her for it and it's like well she's just embraced your culture she's not dropping in a derogatory way she wants to have fun with you she wants to enjoy right. the she song with you at the, the show. same level yeah. she wants that and you're basically saying no you can have ninety percent of that. And why? Why are you saying yeah, that you see, can have ninety percent? Isn't, that, isn't that. that such a fucked up situation? Yeah. And and you know who your music's going out to. Why why are you making it so that 
I guess, uh, like suburban white kids feel like feel ashamed for saying it or feel like question, like, sh- is this the right thing to do? If, then, if it's not the right thing to do, edit it all out of the songs, just take it out, just erase the word. But, but no, that's not the case. Yeah. It's just like the, you have people that want to be a part of your culture. Embracing it's going to go a lot further than, than censoring it. That's what I've always believed. I, I feel it. I feel it. Okay. I remember this moment. I was in Houston, Texas, and uh, there's this guy named Tony Burnett, Burnett <clears throat> who uh, was a super slick brother who called me his N-word, and I said to him, is that cool, man? Like, like I don't, He's like, yeah, man. He's like, you're cool. I'm like, no, I know I'm cool, <laughs> but is it cool that you said that, and can I repeat that to other people that you, you called me that? And he starts laughing. He's like, man, you're overthinking this. I'm like, well, not that I'm overthinking it, but you got to understand my, my point of view is like, I can't be telling my other black friends that, that you, you know, and, and he's just like, yeah, he's like, whatever, man. And I was, but I, I, as soon as he said it, I saw him catch himself. And I think, I think cause I had the deer in headlight look and I was a much younger guy at the time. I was like 10 years, probably 10 years ago, 25 years old. And I was like, okay, I've either been accepted or... He's just not paying attention. He's drunk. He's just drunk. He, yeah. It's just it was, and it, it was just that weird, acceptance feeling. Like I've been brought into like because there was I was thinking it was four dudes, three of them were black. I was the only white guy there. So yeah, or it's, only Italian guy there. I should say. There's so many different things to look at. Like words, under certain connotations, should always be fine. Like there's obviously certain situations, certain circumstances. That changes the connotation. That changes the intonation of the word. You're not going to use it. Like if I'm a cop and I'm a and I'm arresting a black person, I'm not going to be like, "What's up, my? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Come here, my." It's, like, yeah. it's just like no. Obviously, you know that's said in a derogatory way. Right. But if I'm with you and I'm just singing a song with you, you've been and boys I'm for a long along, time. Yeah. And I'm like, man, Childish Gambino is one of my favorite rappers. You listen like the Hot 97 freestyle, probably one of the best freestyles ever. I really? love it. Every like fifth word. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. I can listen to this in my car and like I can either not say it right. or I can just like kind of like, <sighs> and then like if anyone's around and then if you're on your own, you're like, oh, I can go in now. And it's like, no, I'm not going in because I'm racist or hate. Right. No, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's weird, such a such man. a fine goddamn line, <clears throat> yeah. and, and there's no there's no like there's no uh, there's no other words like it. <laughs> there's no other words like it. Cunt maybe cunt's close. Yeah, yeah. Like there's like only like a handful of like unspeakable words. Yeah, cunt's pretty close. Yeah, but I mean, if you're British, that's like yeah. Once again, I guess yeah, <laughs> it's a go, cultural yeah. thing. Yeah, the Brits and the blacks have all the luck. Imagine being a black British guy. Oh my god, that'd be the best. <clears throat> But yeah, I don't think <laughs> I, that's the thing. Back to the music bit, like I don't think a lot of it comes from racism. I think it's just we're at a point in time where we've just decided that you know what, like we're just going to assume bad intentions of everything. Right. Yeah, and and everyone's quick to judge, and everyone's a uh, social justice warrior. Yeah, and yeah. it's cyclical. It'll go away. It'll the pendulum will swing back. Yeah. Well, well one could only hope. Far. Right. One could only hope. And that'll go too far. <laughs> <laughs> Just be a mess forever. 
All right, buddy. Listen, we're going to tie this sucker off. Yeah. Um, any shows coming up? Uh, no, I actually, I've got a book shows, man. I just got back from, uh, I did my absolute comedy gig in Kingston. That went well. Good. Yeah, man. I'll play you a bit of it. I recorded Ooh, it. Ooh, okay. Well, yeah. uh, I guess, I mean, this is episode 122. Oh. Yeah. We just, we just celebrated our third anniversary of starting the first version of this podcast. When I say celebrated, Facebook told me that <laughs> we we donned an Off for Thirty podcast name on the twenty first of October, three years ago. Good old Facebook. Fuck man, if it wasn't for Facebook, I would forget a lot of shit. Dude, I hear you. Yeah, <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much for tuning in, checking us out. Uh, more to come with Brian Smith after probably the next podcast. Uh, be good. Uh, we got John and Greta coming in. Next for a podcast, actually no, it was a podcast before this, Fake Ass Instagram Bitches. If you got offended by that, I'm sorry, but you've also been listening to this podcast long enough. If you got offended by that, you're a fake ass bitch. Yeah, you fake ass Uh, Instagram bitch. I I live by a rule, and I pissed off someone really bad in my circle of friends by it, and that's never apologize when it comes to humor or content. No true words have ever been spoken. For Brian Smith, I'm Anthony. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking us out.